What's up, everybody? This is Clark Schmidt here, pitcher for the New York Yankees, and you are listening to the boys of 161st Street, the greatest Yankee podcast in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. Boys of 161st Street, episode 211. Today is June 27th. We're recording this episode on a Monday before the first game of the Athletics Series. We are recapping the Astros series that just happened. There was four games. The Yankees split them, but it didn't quite feel like it at times. Sometimes, At some points, it felt like we you know, swept them with all the walk-off situations. Two walk-offs, both by Judge in this series. And we are also, on the flip side of the coin... Uh, we're no hit for 55 straight innings. So just about as flippity-floppity as a series can be. Um, one of the more exciting series of the season. 55 straight innings, huh? Is yeah, that I was going to say, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> 55 outs. Outs, my bad. Whoops. I, I think you Sorry said innings it. when we were talking off air. I think that's why we got messed up. I definitely up. said outs. There's, uh, I, mean, that's I also heard innings, so incorrect. unless both of us are crazy, which could be. Possibility well could be the case. Regardless, it's 55 outs straight. There are still not good. Seven outs in one single <laughs> no. game. That is over a full game. Not good. The Yankees didn't couldn't hit anything until Stanton got that home run, and then um, say they figured it out because they uh, Mr. So. Aaron Judge got a second walk off of the series, third of the season. Which what was I saw some. I mean, again, this is just gonna how how we're gonna open up episodes. What records are we? Talking about this week, um, Aaron Judge, what was it? Third walk-off hit this season. That's the most name will be currently. And then in terms of Yankees walk-offs, his three walk-offs are the most by Yankees player in a season since 2009 when the Milkman did it. So, Also, um, the Yankees, how many, what what is it, 10 this season? Or sorry. How many this season? Whatever it is this season is the most through before July since 2000. This season. Most walk-offs? Yeah. Wow. I like that. Now and I can't one, remember how many One funny is. thing on, on the walk-off thing, we were talking about this before we got on the air. I was like, we were just watching the highlights of uh, the judge walk-off and, and the other walk-off by judge, both against the Astros. I was like, huh, <laughs> all these walk-offs, they're at Yankee Stadium. The crowd is... Crowd's really, oh. really getting a treat. You know what I mean? And then I here's another da- stat. Oh, Damon! Damon just like informed me that walk-offs can only happen when you have last licks. So that's why they've all been at Yankee Stadium. So uh, that was a minor blunder in my my. Hey, my we had brain. long days of work. We all had long days. <laughs> yeah, working we young men. What's the uh, stat? Aaron man? Judge, first player in MLB history to have two three-run home run walk-offs before July. Not including grass. <laughs> that sounds like such a, a stat. That's like you know, one of the grasses cut three inches short on a random on a, on the second Tuesday of August. You remember <laughs> the old like Tim Kirkjian stats that they used to have? I think I think it was Tim Kirkjian on like baseball tonight. That sounds like one of those stats. Do you remember those? He no, always had those random. You don't remember those? It was like a huge oh, yeah. like internet joke for a long time. I was like yeah, this guy had the most triples on August third while it? wearing stirrups. <laughs> Were they? Like satire or was no, it was real. Like he always had these weird ass stats. It was on base. It was literally on baseball tonight. Every night, well, break out the. St- it, it was so they just weird. Had, they just had one intern that was going crazy. Trying to <laughs> yeah, find he was them. he was digging into the like fucking depths of baseball to find these. It's like the first time since like I don't even know, but I was gonna come up with something, but I couldn't think of it on the fly. So now here we are. But here we are. It's a fun <clears> fun <throat> series though. Yeah. I would say I would say that was the best series of the year so far, at least just from a pure entertainment standpoint. Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of positives, but there was a lot of things that uh, kind of got exposed, which is not good. But as far as pure entertainment goes, that was the best series of the year. That I mean, felt like a playoff series every single, even the one thirty kickoffs, you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday felt like playoff games. Yeah, I mean, it's the yeah. two best teams in the AL right now. Two best teams in baseball right now, according to the power rankings. Yeah. 
You just so. know we're going to run into them in the postseason. There's no way we get lucky enough to avoid them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, good and preview, definitely. It is funny when you look when you look at this team and you thought about it before the season started. This felt like the year that the Astros were kind of going to get written off a little bit. This is the first year when we were talking about you know our preseason rankings. Uh, I was saying like, oh, is this the year the Angels can actually win this thing? The Mariners were <laughs> supposed to be good early on. The Athletics didn't look great, but we thought they were going to moneyball it again. <clears throat> They're clearly not. Um, and the Rangers just signed Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Simeon. So, like, it seemed like a loaded AL West. And, and the Angels are still they're playing good baseball, although they dropped, like, 55 in a row. Yeah, that 12-game losing streak didn't help out. No. But this this felt like the first season that, like, you know, they don't have Springer. They don't have Garrett Cole. Obviously, this is year, a few years removed now. But, like, they, they've lost that entire core. They lost the entire Correa, core. Other than Bregman Correa, and Altuve. Springer. Exactly, and 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 Cole, oh, colors was is still there, I guess, but it, that's he's Alvarez. not a part of that. Yeah, Alvarez is still there, but he's that that core aside from Altuve is and Bregman and yeah, Bregman is gone. But Bregman's regressed, and Altuve's getting older, so it's just I don't know. It's yeah. a completely different team. It felt that way, and then they get Pena is playing unbelievable. Kyle Tucker's a very good player in right field, like all these things. So they are just going to be a thorn in our side again. And I do have a feeling like we're going to run into them. Something that I felt, obviously, you don't feel great after being no hit for 55 outs. But I do feel like, and I'm I'm happy we came away with a split in the series because it did feel like at times that we were kind of getting dominated. But yeah, we we were being, it felt like, like a split. It doesn't feel like we split. We're two magical we're, we're, innings we're away from away with the split. In that no, scene, we're based on how things were going. We're literally two incredible, maybe three incredible innings away from being swept, which is scary. Yeah. That's not, but also but, a test, but, a testament to how this team is different in late innings. Yes, but yeah, that's but not, you can't, but you, you can't, can't rely on that. No, you, that's oh, not obviously not. I'm not going to rely on us coming back to the ninth every single game, but I'm just saying it's taking positives away from a potential terrible series all kinds of positives i agree yes i'm taking away some positives is that walking it off against the astros at home pretty fucking cool i'm just saying this is the yes there's a lot of good feelings and it feels good to split which you know say what you want but a split against one the second best team in the al arguably the best feels good and that's a good and it was coming off a stretch against the rays whoa 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 didn't know this was an astro coming off a stretch against the rays and the blue jays and i think we were what 13 games against the rays the blue jays and the astros so you know what splitting that series is a good thing but on the flip side that i will say that's the most uneasy I felt, and that's a testament of how good the team's been. That this is the most uneasy I've felt coming off a series since we were six and six. So yeah, but I also feel like you know, going back to a few episodes ago when we were preparing for the stretch of games that we were about, we were about to face the Rays, we were about to face the the, the Astros, um, Blue Jays, Blue Jays too. We we're all just like we have a very 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 tough stretch of games coming up, and we all agreed, hey, if we split these games, we're happy, and. This is the first time we've really like we we're nine and four. That's not bad. Yeah, yep. and that that's again more than we were asking for going into this. So. What's our record against teams over five hundred? Like twenty four and eleven, something like that, which is by far the best in baseball. Don't know. If that sounds good. It's somewhere. It's somewhere <laughs> in that general vicinity, but it's it's by far the best in baseball. Which is another you know the knock on the team from people that aren't Yankees fans. Like yeah, do it against a good team. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, they split against the Astros, which say what you want, but they're beating good teams. They swept the Rays. They beat them two out of three again the you know, the week after. They're beating the Blue Jays. They're beating the teams that they're supposed to beat, but they're also beating the good teams, the teams above 500, whatever. So, I don't know. I'm happy with 9-4. and four. I know that. I'm very happy. Happy with that as well. You want to get into Hot or Not? If you want to. We missed out on Hot or Not last episode. I think we were more focused on getting the episode out. We did it at 6 a.m. before we all started. I was I was traveling in the Hamptons. Yeah, it was a flu game for me. It was a flu game for Chandler. Um, so we didn't really think about it. But beauty of it is we can do it on the next episode. And we have new information now. And I, I feel like this is a good, better episode to do it on, considering we're coming off an ep- uh, a series that was a little more wishy-washy and less just... Yankees dominating, which has, as podcasters, is way harder than you'd think it is to talk about a team that's <laughs> ridiculously good and seemingly has no flaws because it's nothing really to talk about when they 
when they are just continuing to dominate. Um, so thank you, Astros, for giving us some stuff to talk about because <laughs> thanks <laughs> no, for beating us. We now have some good content. <laughs> uh, hasn't really happened much this season. So we're just start off with hot or not. This is presented by Underdog Fantasy. Um, who wants to do the hots? Who wants to do the nots? Damon, do you want to read the read the ad? Keep the lights on here. I'd love to. Okay. Um, Chad, with the music queued up. The music is queued up. Yes. Chad, uh, Murph, want to look good? Oh, you're crushing it. Sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this uh, Hot or Not presented by Underdog Fantasy. It's our go-to fantasy betting app. Um, we have been in there. We've been betting. We've been drafting. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we got a little group together. Everyone who's in the in the Underdog Fantasy group, you can draft a team against us. You can bet against us for the week, the season, um, the day even. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I love a good draft. Fa- the fantasy football draft and fantasy baseball draft, my two favorite days of the year outside Christmas. And if you download the Underdog Fantasy app or go to their website and sign up and use our promo code 161BOYS, you'll get a $100 deposit match of Murph's money. And yeah, go do that. Go set it up. Go get your free money and come bet against us. It's a lot of fun. Christmas, your favorite holiday? It's the first thing in my head. I think Halloween probably is my favorite. What? I love good. Halloween? I love a good Halloween. <laughs> I don't know anybody. That uh, yeah, likes wait. Halloween that's actually top holiday. how spooky, Damon. No, I just love dressing up and going, going have da- a good time. I will say, Damon does. I take it very he does seriously. Dress up. He was Tony Stark one year. That was the, the most interesting man in the world the other year. That was I, a I, hell of a Damon, read. You're, also, Damon, you're that always your best. That was your best one. Top of the dome, baby. Yeah, I know. Perfection. I'm sitting here watching you rattle that off. Imagine how I feel. You just said I've heard dog fans. <laughs> well, if it sounds anything <laughs> like that, then I'm in. Okay, who wants to do the hots and do the nuts? I cannot. I know them, and Luke's reading them. So. I also have a list of Halloween costumes for years to come. By the way, like I plan, I plan these out. <laughs> Dude, that's... I, I make Who's, lists. What are you doing next year? I can't tell you. It's just, no one's All right, what are you doing Dude, in three June. years? The, the best curse of them. Yeah, the best part of it is the reveal. That's, that's what gets me going. That's what gets Give me going. one and don't tell me the year. <laughs> 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 2028 Damon's gonna be a velociraptor I was gonna be a uh, the uh, a beer a beer server that walks around Yankee Stadium I like that what that's not vendor yeah beer vendor gotta be careful with that though because you know if somebody was making their list of who they're gonna be in like 1989 and OJ's on the list for like 97 (laughs) (laughs) gotta be careful yeah I got backups I got backups just in case just in case (laughs) <laughs> uh. Oh, Murph, you're doing the hots for that one. Um, okay, ready? Cue the music. Marwin so Gonzalez in the month of June, batting average 290, OBP 333, slugging 581, two homers, WRC plus of 159. I do not. Hot? I'll buy it. You buy it? Ron Marinaccio, after being called up on 521, he has 13 innings pitched. Zero earned runs, a FIP of 351, 14 strikeouts, left on base of 100%, never let anybody get in, and one hit allowed. I don't know if he can keep that up, but so I, that's it. lovely. Okay, but I'll sell it, but so wow, what, how cool would that be? All right, continue. <laughs> Lucas Litke, Chandler's favorite player on the Yankees. Last eight outings, nine innings pitch, one earned run, FIP of 3.23, left on base 90%. Average exit velo is a low 82.6 miles per hour. Soft contact, Murph. Selling that. Kyle Higashioka, since hitting his first home run, four home runs after that, a slug of 783, WRC plus of 193, and an ISO of 522, for reference, MLB average is 140. I'll buy that. He got the monkey off his back. All right, so you bought Marwin. Yep, I did. Sold Marinaccio, sold Licky, and bought Higgy. And even split, just like the, the Astros so. series. Just for reference, also, that Higgy one was just a joke because that's been like five <laughs> games. I just think it's been seven, but... He's got six hits, and four of them are home runs. Trevino, I still would much rather see Trevino in the lineup, don't get me wrong, because obviously. But I think now that Higgy got his home run out of the way, he's you know he'll, he'll be around. His bat's not – he's not going to be an automatic out like he was. I think he's going to regress back – or not regress, but progress, I guess, back to what his career is, like a 200 hitter that I agree. hits some home runs. I agree. I don't know. Uh, I the reason I – 
bought Marwin, if we can start there, is, I feel like we should have the Marwin IKF debate. Um, yes, we should. We mentioned it beforehand. I don't. I'm not that impressed with IKF. I know Chandler, you're not. And Marwin, <laughs> make, make it a case to be in the lineup at the very least. I mean, it's June 27th now. June is pretty much over. So in the month of June to date, a 290 batting average is pretty good. OBP of 333, like I mentioned before, 159 WRC plus is what I'm more fixated on. And I mean, it's just it looks good. I mean, on base plus slugging. So his OPS for the month is 914. 914 is great. Um, I don't know the defensive metrics off the top of my head, but I can tell you the eye test tells me that he doesn't boot balls that he should be making routine plays. I know uh, Mike King probably doesn't like it when IKF is back there and he comes into the 10th inning and immediately gets a booter ball and then then throws the next throws one, the 20, next feet one 20, 20 feet wide of the third baseman. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the defensive metrics don't even look good for him. They don't, I mean, he was supposed to be this uh, defensive wizard and a defensive first fielder, and he's we literally going to have to deal with the offense, and he's not doing the defensive first thing, and the offense isn't really great. So, if you want, he's getting him as a defensive wizard shortstop is like getting Gary Sanchez for a defensive wizard catcher. I don't know if it's that extreme, but it's, well, let's say the, I think I agree. Knowing that now, knowing what like he's done now, but we it's, had we had a, we had a lot higher expectations for IKF. Yeah, I, I think will it's, say I think it's a little different because it's not IKF, that extreme. IKF but it's just gold glove before coming here, so we assumed it. But we assume okay. But Gary's got no gold gloves nowhere, so it's not the same because <laughs> because we got him assuming this gold glove standard of defense. It'd be like getting Gallo and he's coming and Gallo's playing great defense. Like somebody who has a gold glove in the tool bag. You're going to assume good defense, so you can't make the comparison. I know it's not super serious with the Gary comp. But, no, it's not. But, but I agree. But currently today, I agree because he, he looks like shit. He looks like a like. I mean, he has the whole defensively. I know he had. He's outside of one really hot stretch offensively. He had like three weeks where he just couldn't get out. Outside of that, he's been borderline just fucking useless. I'm sorry. He has, and I'm not. That's not me hating on him or. Anything like that, just for the sake, I want to like him. I actually wanted to like him. He's doing all the right things. He's saying all the right things. He's just not that good. Like, I think at this point, I really don't understand why you're not giving guys like Cabrera, Peraza a shot. Like, I'm not even saying you need to go out and get some massive upgrade, but like those guys, Peraza is like heralded as a fucking defensive wizard, and I guarantee you, he can do better than what's IKF got like a 70 WRC plus. If that, I think it's in the sixties season. Yeah. So, I mean, it up. I think it's 73. It's either 65, 73, somewhere in there. Like I know that Peraza can do that. I'm almost certain he can. And I know for a fucking fact, he can play defense. To, I just don't, why not give him a shot? But you don't want to mess with, that's the flip side. You don't want to mess with something that's working. So yeah, that's why I I'm not going to say that. I was like, that's why I'm not like, overly, I, 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 I do agree with you on, all of that on but paper. Like, on paper, yes. But like, we're having a, a historical year, and I I'm a little stitious, and I feel like if we do change things up, what happens? It might be an upgrade. It might not. I don't know. But to Luke's point, like the eye test, I get very nervous every time the ball is hit in his general direction. So he but even like every ball looks like it's a struggle for him. Yeah, every single one. Even the one he cleans field the. Uh, in the ones he fields cleanly. Yeah. It's just it's go, very it. nerve-wracking. It looks like every ball, that maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm just being hard on him, but it looks like every single ball hit to him looks like it's going to hit him square in the wrist. <laughs> yeah. Every I single one of them. I will say that I'm looking at his outs above average. He got negative four this year. Is that um, good? No, it's okay. not. Um, what was the year that he won the gold glove? Last year. Maybe it was 2020. It's a third base, so though, right? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he played short in 2020. It was 2020 because he beat out Gio, and we were all like, what, who the fuck so is even, this guy? Even his gold glove was a shortened season, so you kind of throw that away. I mean, he had a five outs above average. Every other year, 2021, 2022, were both negative defensive outs above average. He's just not He's not the defender we were promised. And if when you look at his baseball savant page, um, Murph, there's a lot of blue. So it's not what you blue. want to see. The only things he's read in are K percentage because he didn't strike out a ton, whiff percentage, hand in hand, and sprint speed. So everything else is in like, I shit you not, 10th percentile and below in 
Not great. <laughs> in barrel percentage, he's the first percentile. He's, That's absolutely He hasn't atrocious. hit a home run since. And I know that hitting home runs is not the end all be all. And we need things that aren't just power hitters. But if you're a competent hitter at that level, you'll luck into a home run. <laughs> like if you barrel up the baseball and you're a competent major league player, you'll eventually get one. He's just, he's not even close. And you're seeing it today too. Like the lineup tonight in the game, it, by the time you guys listen to this, since it's Monday before the game, uh, you'll probably already have gotten a, a, a taste of a little bit of Marwin at shortstop today. Cause he's, he's in the lineup. Um, What's that KF's ground ball percentage. Do you have that handy? Who has ground ball percentages handy? <laughs> I mean, you're looking at you have his barrel, know, but like, you have his barrel percentage right in front of you. Stat. That's like what you got to dig for. <laughs> not really. You got that handy? I bet it's not. I, I, I got it right here. That. It's fifty. There you go. <laughs> I don't know where to find that. Fangraphs probably fifty percent. Yep. That's uh, it's a lot of balls on the ground. A lot of balls on the ground. Not a lot. In the that's air. his career. That's about his career average. Actually, and lower. Just to to bring it back to outs above average for a second. Uh, he's seventh percentile in outs above average. So again, is that good? No, that's not good. Um, for defensive wonder, like how this is for kind? the kind. Uh, is it wonderkind? I still can't. Wonderkind. 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 It's wonderkind. funny that this is the hot section for Marwin. Is just a shit. Well, it's relevant though because it is relevant because it's it's he's going to potentially take the position of Connor Falefa. So he won't, but he should I, at least for I, the well, time being. He's been hot in June. We just talked about it. Murph bought it. He's getting the start tonight. You know, maybe it's because of rest. Maybe it's because of they're they're noticing well, no, the same I, things we're noticing is that he's the hot bat. IKF isn't really playing good defense either. He's so. hurt. IKF's like minorly hurt. Has he, he been hurt? He's well, also, April? No, it was the <laughs> what's it called? He uh he got hurt against Houston, but he yeah he apparently he said he's available off the bench tonight, but he it was the reason he's out of the lineup is because he was slightly injured against Houston. That's what, they'll, that's what they'll tell you. But we, all know, we all know the real reason. The, the bottom line of it and the reason I bought it is that he Phantom? needs to be – he's hitting well enough to be somewhere in the lineup, say, four out of seven days. Are you talking about Marwin and or IKF? Marwin. Okay. And you're looking at where you're going to fit him in the lineup. Hicks is kind of figuring it out a little bit. Gallo's kind of figuring it out no, a little bit. Not. You're going to want both of them in the – at least he's good defensively in the outfield. So it's yeah. where are you going to fit Marwin in? And seems like shortstop is the best fit. And you can, here's because the thing of too. how IKF I like that you mentioned Gallo because you could put Gallo in the outfield because he's exactly what we thought IKF was going to be, even when he's not hitting well, is that you're going to get a gold glove defense, a true gold glove. You want it in a, when it, was it also COVID year? No. Okay. He's, he may glove. have won more than, I think he might have won twice. He's actually, he's actually a good fielder. It wasn't he's a fluke a, even no, if it was in 2020. Fielder. He's not a good left fielder. I'll say that he needs to be a right fielder. No. He's well, a, yeah, judge I agree. a well, judge. Well, judge is bona fide center. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. Is that judge has cemented himself as the everyday center fielder? Good, fine. Gallo needs to be playing right. If you're going to keep Gallo in the lineup, he needs to be playing right field, which is yeah, fine. I agree, and I'm totally fine with yeah, Hicks and, playing and, left. And Hicks and right is going to be in now. left. Give me a week or two before I say I'm fine with it. But as of right now, he's not doing anything. He had a bad strikeout yesterday, but. Dude, he had him. He made a hell of a play in left yeah, field. I was gonna say, yeah, that right. was sweet. Hicks, yeah, he did. Hicks, Hicks, yeah. Well, Hicks. I mean, look at the highlight. The highlight reel isn't it kind of fun? I mean, that's I guess what kind of happens when you get no hit for fifty five outs straight is that the highlights aren't necessarily offense until the walk offs happen. But like, Hicks had a great play in left. Gallo had a great a great play in right, hanging over the wall. Rizzo had that ridiculous play mm-hmm. by the wall. I mean, the defense has been good, and the one person that was supposed to be good defensively is not. So it's it's kind of funny <laughs> how you like you chalked it up before the season as like, oh, the Yankees are investing in defense. They got IKF, the defensive wonderkin. Like, and then everybody else. You know, I mean, we knew what Rizzo was defensively. We thought Hicks was going to start to regress, which he has. But it's nice to see him making some nice plays out there and being comfortable out there. Maybe after that walk off, that's that's a part of just getting the swagger back a little bit. Hicks and and I'll say this, and I think we said this last episode. He can fucking pimp, or mm-hmm. he can pimp a home run. Uh, I think that does play into this. I think that one specific moment, I think can have like Hicks can definitely build off that, and I think hopefully we could see some better Hicks play all around just because of that. Um, I guess we'll see. We but. talked about it in the last episode, and you know, I'm not going to dwell on it, but you know, just to reiterate, we don't need him to be an all-star. Be no, no. Ser- be serviceable. If Hicks is serviceable, I'm happy. 
Hit. 15-15. Not even. I don't even need that. <laughs> I literally don't need that. Don't loaf to balls in the outfield and just put the ball in fucking play sometimes when there's runners on base. You don't have to get a hit every time, but if there's a guy on third, maybe. Yep. You love hitting the ball in the air. Maybe maybe it's a sack fly. I don't know. I'm not asking for the world. A sack fly here or there. Don't be lazy. I'm happy. That's it. That's all I want from Hicks. Get on base, too. But yeah, he does that. Yeah, keep getting on base. Especially if you're going to hit like 7-8. Yeah. Get on base. All right. Any Anything on any deep dives you want to go into on, uh, I mean, I guess the rest of them. Marwin, I think we want him to be starting. Uh, Higashioka, happy for him. Still Not obviously gonna. want Trevino. Uh, Licky Marinaccio, any any closing comments before we get into the knots on those two? Because I'll say a quick thing on each, and then I'll pass it to the rest of you to add anything you want. But because... You know, I put this together, so I saw a little more in-depth. Obviously, the hots, I want to highlight the hots stuff. So there are negatives to both of them. Uh, Marinaccio is walking the fucking farm. So that is one thing I'm a little nervous about, that eventually if he does start giving up more hits or when he does, that they're going to cause some damage just because of how many people he's walking. Um, in that time frame, I don't remember how many innings it was, like 19, something like that, but he's got seven walks, not good. Striking out a ton. He's striking out a decent amount, but he's walking a lot of people, yeah. and that's going to bite him in the ass eventually. So, yeah, I think he's somewhere in between. But Licky, another one, he's just – he's giving up hits. He's walking people. He's he's due for, you know, to regress back. But that's fine, whatever. We know what we're getting out of Licky. He's nothing more than the mop-up guy unless the bullpen's just tacked. So, you know what? Whatever. Dude, I mean, I'm I'm just – I know this isn't the end-all, be-all, but I'm looking at Leakey's baseball savant. His, his sabers are good. His fastball spin, 99th percentile. I mean, these are the reasons that we probably went after Leakey in the first place, and he's up on the roster, is that fastball spin, 99th percentile. Average exit velocity is 98th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 98th percentile. Barrel percentage. He's, he just, he's getting soft contact. He's got a lot of spin. He's got a heavy ball. Mm, good word. He's got, a, he's got a low velocity. He's in the third percentile, but he's got, he's got I don't know, he's... He's not missing bats, but he's getting soft contact, and obviously that could be a bugaboo for him because a lot of people can hit homers off him. But I think he's been a little bit better than people are, uh, or this podcast specifically has been shitting at him for. He's 35 years old, so I'm not going to expect the world from him or uh, a resurgence of Lucas Lickie to become this all-star caliber pitcher. Uh, but you never know. Good age, like fine. I, I feel like he's just kind of as good as he can be right now. So that's why I'm selling it. Like it's great that he's pitching this well and it really matters. The whole bullpen looks, you know, pretty, the whole bullpen is really performing better than expectations. I'd say those that are healthy minus Loisaga and Chapman. And he's into that, which is great, but you know, I'm not surprised if he slips down from that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, yeah, I feel like this is the best. This is like the best form we're gonna see, and which is which is fine. It's it's good for us right now. Hopefully, he goes through some ups and downs, and the ups are when it matters and come playoff time. Um, and like he's a very streaky type of pitcher, so he's not gonna get innings. He's analysis. not. He's not but, gonna get uh, innings in the playoffs. <laughs> just like, I hope it, oh, he will. I hope the he good might. stuff happens when he it matters. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Beltron. He will not. He, <laughs> I hope when he. I hope when he pitches the ball, the hitter misses. And it's an out. Can we put Beltron on the not list like <laughs> yeah. a little late one? He literally, this is a direct quote from him. He's like, well, you know, he put the ball on the ground and the shortstop ran over, caught the ball, and then he threw it across in the first baseman stretch and caught it and they got him out. It's like, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, that's some fucking hard-hitting analysis, Carlos. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's, he's bad. He's, he's, he's supposed to be the color guy. Yeah, I was going to say, he's he's almost... Announcing the game to like a where's Maybin a, a deaf a blind person he only like, signed like an exactly eighty something game contract I was think it was like fifty seven which sucks. I love Maben. I love Maben, Maben man. Needs, he's awesome he needs to yeah, come back too. more Beltron I dude I feel like him and Maben were like uh, two in a test flight and yeah. they found they don't out. screen these guys they're just like hey you're Carlos Beltron you're good at baseball come yeah. be a commentator dude, Beltron I think Beltron would have kissed Altuve this weekend if he could. He was. I heard him talk about Jose Altuve lifting a hundred pound dumbbells at least twice a game, all four games. He was on. He was on the cheating team, so he's anything to change. So was Maven, though, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but Maven. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. No, but no, I know that's just kind of interesting that two of our Booth guys. Beltron literally invented the cheating system. Are we cheating? Yeah. Are Booth relaying things? I don't care if we are. Our booth does use cameras. so we do. Yep. <laughs> and microphones. That's a Beltron analysis right there. <laughs> right. You want to get into the knots? 
Sure. Who's doing the yeah. knots? Murph is. All right. Murph just did the hots. Murph did I the just hots. did the hots. Damon's doing the knots. Damon's doing the hots. I guess doing I will. Sure. Let's go for it. Leading off in the knots, since coming off the IL uh, on June 3rd, Josh Donaldson has 18 games played. He's batting 203 in that time span. His OBP 275, slug 304. For an OPS of 579, WRC plus of 67, uh, K percentage of 32%, and only one home run. So, Nestor Cortez, over the last four, this is tough to uh, put on the list. You don't want to see this. Man. 19 innings pitched, 12 earned runs, 6.23 FIP, 284 homers per nine, 568 ERA. 137 whip and a 273 batting average against. It's very tough, but I'm also going to sell. Sell? Yes. Meaning, sell meaning you think it's he's going to come back? Yeah. Okay. That's what the sell means. I just want to confirm. It's, it's taken us two years to figure this out, but I mean, yes. I, I just want to confirm yes. for the listeners the selling, at home. The selling is that I, yes. Jameson Tyone, last four, post-perfect game bid, 20 innings pitch. 13 earned runs, 4.55 FIP, 1.77 homers per nine, 5.75 ERA, 172 whip, and a 3.48 batting average against. I'm also going to sell for the same reasons as Nestor, which I'll get into. And this one's got a just for laughs over the last 13 games. Aaron Judge, <laughs> batting 184. Uh, 273 OBP, 449 slug for a 722 OPS, 101 WRC plus 23.6% K percentage. Uh, only got 19 mil in arbitration instead of 21, so that can count against him <laughs> what as well. A loser. On the not list, and uh, obviously this is just for laughs because he did hit the two walk-offs in this series. Uh, he has three for the year, and he's Aaron Judge, and he's allowed this kind of... Uh, Skid, so to speak, which but is a two game skid, yeah. Which we'll he still allow it. has a 101 WRC plus, which is still one one percent above average. So, obviously, this is a sell as well. Damn, you sell in the house, sell in the house. So, sold everything, yeah. Everything, Josh, we'll, Donaldson, we'll see that too Mr. often. Cortez, Jameson Tyone, Aaron Judge, and and I get it, I get why you're gonna sell this because this is a team that's that's obviously well, I think they're all for this for similar reasons. I think that's that's why. What are the what are those elaborate? Reasons? So let's, let's get into Nestor and J, and Jamo first. I think those are obviously the two most similar. Like these guys have had very productive years up until this point, and I mean Nest. We were talking about Nestor being like our ace starting in the All Star game like two weeks ago, and yes, he's had three games that weren't amazing. I know he's not garrett cole so we can't just be like oh you know he has three games but he's still garrett cole or he's still like you can't he doesn't have that caliber to really say that um excuse me um but um yeah i mean he's he's done way too much way too much positive things for us in recently that um i just I, i cannot get behind him just being terrible the rest of the year can i ask this question sure can so the stats in terms of just innings pitched versus earned runs look very similar. When you, look, when you dive a little bit into the, I mean, everything looks pretty similar um, when you compare Tyone to Nestor. Yeah. If I could ask the group, who, if any, I mean, not if any, who who are you more worried about in terms of just, just who are you more worried about? This is a very simple question. Nestor Cortez or Jameson Tyone? Is it both uh, from the last four? Nestor. I was a Nestor. He doesn't have the yep. innings. He doesn't in his career have the innings load that he is throwing now. I think mix the, you know, one, people seeing him, obviously. He's yep. starting to see these teams two, three times in a season. And two, you know, naturally fatigue and stuff like that. He just He's never thrown this volume before. So mm. I think he'll be fine. I think that he'll he's obviously going to come back down to earth. He's not going to win a Cy Young, but I think he, the potential is still there to be a high end mid rotation arm at the worst. Like I, I think that he's going to be fine. I really do. I just don't. I think that he. It was fun to ride the wave while it was happening, but I don't think that Ace Nestor Cortez is a thing. And I honestly think. I guess this could be a good sub segue, not you know permanently because you guys need to go, but. I think that this could be something to look at once, you know, 
all these rumors are coming out that the Yankees are really looking hard to add a bona fide, you know, top end arm at the deadline and push all the chips in. And I think that if they do that conversation of Nestor being pushed back to maybe not necessarily a full-time bullpen role, but you know, a long reliever that's throwing three or four innings could be, that could be back on the table. If you go out and get a Luis Castillo or a Frankie Montas, I don't want, I know that rumor was, I don't either. I really don't like that. I don't. I just, he has, he hasn't been good for, Two or three years, we always, he's always his name's always floating around in the rumor mill. Uh, just he doesn't get the pants moving. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But going back to Nestor, um, I feel like yes, I feel like we've been riding the wave for a while. I'm not gonna say that he's completely gone back down to earth. I mean, it's only been three games. I'm still gonna give him the benefit of the doubt to get back on it. He though his pitching style is very unique, and he really he he like thrives on these like awkward deliveries making the pitcher guess, sorry, making the hitter guess, and doing these, like, quirky things that people really haven't seen before. And because of that, it takes a little bit longer for these hitters to adjust to it. And I feel like they saw him last year, they're seeing him this year, and it's getting to the point where they're seeing him for a couple more times, and they're getting used to his delivery, they're getting used to the quirkiness, and people are trying, are starting to figure it out. And what do you think the odds are that Nestor turns into a pumpkin? Ten percent, maybe. I, I'm not gonna. I can't sit here and lie and say that I'm not worried about it. I'm gonna say. I'm because gonna Nestor, say like because at the end of the day, fifteen percent. I've been shocked every time he goes out there and he twirls a gem. And I, 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 no matter how long he's been doing it for, I know he's been doing it for like a year and a half at this point. It's. I'm still gonna be shocked every time. And when things like the, the recent four games happen. I'm not shocked by it. And I don't know if he'll ever prove that to me, which I guess I'll always have that. And maybe it's because he's Nestor Cortez and he's he doesn't have the pedigree. Maybe it's because he, he's just a short guy who throws slow. Like, it's, he carries well, that's his, the thing, though. It's bubble like, gum everywhere. Yeah, he, I just, I don't he's know. just a funny dude. But you, like because he only throws 92, and if he has an off day control-wise, he's fucked. They just hang in yeah. pitches. They're they're getting on them, exactly. so that's and there's no downfall. way. Yeah, you need to be on. The MLB can have ridiculously bad stuff, but you still might miss bats because yeah. they're still swinging at it. So like, Garrett Cole can have an day, off day. Yeah, even yeah. on a bad day, you might miss bats. Yeah, Nestor Cortez on a bad day, he has to be perfect. That's the thing. He has to always be perfect. Yeah, and he can't always be perfect. Yeah, and it's tough. So like that's life. why. That's why. <laughs> deep man. But yeah, but well, if like, damn, yeah. Go ahead, Murph. Damon, if and I had the same concerns you did, and I was going to actually bring the same thing up about the funky delivery and that sort of thing, and if maybe these teams were seeing a couple times are starting to get to them. Good news is if what Chandler said happens and we bring in, I also think, Frankie Montas over Luis Castillo, but if we bring in either of them and put Nestor in that role, the goal there would be to sort of mitigate that yeah. and let him be the funky guy here and there and only have to see the order one time. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that would adjust if that's the case, but who knows? Yeah. And then going back to Jamo a little bit, the guy's been around for, for a little bit longer than Nestor. Um, he's more of a, for lack of better words, traditional type of kind of pitcher. And I feel like he's more of a, we know what we're going to get out of him and we're never really expecting way too much out of the guy. And if he goes out there and does his job each day, then I'm happy. And I feel like we were kind of just blinded by the Nestor situation where he was throwing potential no-hitters through seven innings three or four times this year already. And then he goes out there and has a decent game or a below-average game. We're all freaking out. So I think we were kind of blinded by that a little bit, blinded by the start of, you know, he had like a one-dot ERA. It's, it's, It's tough to kind of just you know, go back and look at everything and be like, oh, he's falling apart. Another question. Another answer. Uh, is the Nestor Cy Young bid completely off the table? No, I mean, <laughs> not technically, but... No, in, I, your, in your eyes. I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's changed for me. I think I'm still in the same... You never boat. thought it could happen? I always thought it could, but I, I never thought it was likely. I still don't think it's likely. I thought it would take just something incredible. And I still think that it's, think it's the, not the, like the percentage chance that he can actually make it happen. 10, 15 percent. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. No, it's not going. It never was. Well, the, the, 
The more he would need to be completely lights out. But that's not happening either. Yeah, well, for the All-Star game, he would have only needed to have two or three more dominant starts. To win a Cy Young, he needed, you know, 17. It's pretty bad timing for him to get on the the All-Star bump. McClanahan's been... McClanahan's good. Pretty unbelievable. Um, For him to even be in the conversation for Cy Young, he would need to be that, like, May form for the entire year. I just don't see that happening. He's not going to do that. On McClanahan, continue. Oh, did you see that list he was a part of? It was like innings pitched, ERA, and strikeouts list in MLB history. It was like Jose Fernandez, Jacob DeGrom, Shane McClanahan, and like two others. I was like, this is fucking ridiculous, man. He's good. He scares me a lot. Yeah. So switching yep. a little bit from the pitching, Donaldson is also on this list. Damon sold this. Damon sold all of it. So you're not worried about Josh Donaldson, even though I'm very worried. I know because I know Johnson. I know Chandler is, and I wanted to put very? One, one additional piece of information in there before we continue to talk about this is um, we're approaching the halfway mark of the season right now. Josh Donaldson has a 704 OPS. Um, that do you have his numbers against righties? I put it in there too. It's like the next picture over. If you uh, you put your phone down already, his numbers against righties. That's another thing that concerns me. I think at this point too, I'm not saying bench Josh Johnson, but the days that he's DHing, I wouldn't hate to see Matt Carpenter getting those role or, you know, that role. I I just, at least until he sorts it out. And if you do buy it, that he's going to come back to form fine. And there's plenty of reason to, he's done it for his entire career, not start off. So, but you know what I mean? He's been a productive player for a long time now, a very, very long time. He's got a great fucking mullet. Um, but I, I would not hate to see Matt Carpenter get those starts against righties for a little bit. And, and I'm not in the field. I'm just saying the days that he's DHing. So, you know, every few days. Speaking mm-hmm. of Matt Carpenter, can you believe they intentionally walked him to get to DJ? It ended up no. working out, but I just cannot believe that. I know they're doing the lefty righty thing. And I, I just I imagine so if you, somebody told teams, you that in April. No, I know. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Imagine if somebody literally told you. The game's on the line. I'm going to w- intentionally <laughs> walk Matt Carpenter. First of all, Matt Carpenter's going to be in the lineup. Yeah. Granted, I mean, it, it, before the season started, we're coming off a season where DJ wasn't awesome. Like, still, either so way, he's still I DJ LeMay. the trend, but like, also, Matt Carpenter wasn't on the team at the time. So yeah. I, would st- I would be very, very shocked. But even then, he was the worst hitter in baseball a year <laughs> yeah, ago. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so the Donaldson, you're not worried at all, Dan? At all is no, I'm a little worried, but, but I'm, you're optimistic that it'll turn. But I'm out, this I'm around. still optimistic, yes, because for he's basically the majority of June, he's been a Mendoza hitter, uh, well below at the average in WRC plus. Only he's slugging one, only one homer for a person who's supposed to be the bringer of rain. Um, <laughs> I don't, I do, I, I, I have a weird see Nestor versus him in terms of confidence. I have a weird confidence in Josh Donaldson. Just Me because too. It's, that's why maybe I it's not weird. Maybe maybe this is exactly why I just figured it out. Light bulb. It's because I mean Josh Donaldson has the pedigree. That's it. And Nestor Cortez does not. So like intrinsic value for the guy going forward. I think Donaldson will will figure it out. He's a professional hitter. So I think even these stats, but these when cumulative do you, stats don't really tell you like. But, in one moment, will we'll, can Josh Johnson figure it out and get a walk off? Yeah, he can. I mean, I, he comes up in big situations, and he he does the job when the situation comes around. That that's another reason why I'm more confident in him because it doesn't even have to be a late inning situation. It could be you know bottom of the first inning, and there's a guy in third base with no outs when he hits a fly ball and gets a run in. I just I just love this team. This team has such a a cast of characters like. Josh Donaldson, like the, that specific archetype of a player, the, the grizzly, gritty veteran on the hot corner who plays good defense, person. just an asshole person. But then Did you, you got, see him back flip and hit the catcher in the face. Yeah. The <laughs> All right, that's it for the knots. Uh, let's do a little preview of the A's series because the A's are the next team the Yankees are playing right now. We're about to watch the first game. Um, it's actually funny because they may potentially be the Vegas A's pretty soon. That's probably really fun for the Athletics fans. Not fun for me, honestly, though, because Murph and I have both been to this stadium, and I think, like Murph said, it has a lot of character. So, I don't know. I think I think it's always funny having the A's be in Oakland because I feel like that might take away from the money ball. Like, what do they become? What, do they become the Vegas A's where they have boatloads of money now? Like, that's not fun. Vegas Aces. Easy switch, but the Vegas um, that's a WNBA. To, yeah. Turf. Well, I was thinking, it, you know, it's the it may, it's an easy move when you're moving to Vegas. You know, it makes sense. But anyway, I would 
relative. I agree with you. Charming stadium, whatever, as much of a shithole as it is. But I happened to be watching the day game. I think it was last week where Montas almost threw a no hitter against the Marlins. And there were quite literally like maybe 1,500 people there. Did you see it? They broke the record for the least amount of attendance. It was like they literally had like a thousand people there. I mean, here's the thing. It, it makes total sense why they would move, but I just feel like for the love of baseball and how can you not be romantic about baseball, that whole thing, it's one of our favorite movies. It's just like I, baseball's better when the A's are It's a dead franchise. They are, they're, they're, they're it's it's dead more franchise. fun when there's the narrative. They're not going to be able to keep the lights on for another year. Like, actually they're only going to be able to play day games. They only get a hundred fucking people a game. It's, I mean, California has four teams. It's sad, dude. I think they need to, I think they need to move Honestly, I think it would be great for baseball. So would the Rays just be the next thing? Are the Rays potentially moving too? I think I, I like when there's ports. There, there, there was like the Montreal teams. thing. There's 50 feet, of, 50 feet of crap or whatever they say. And then there's us. I like when that there, happens. There's like still going to be poor teams. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> there's 50 piles of crap. Yeah, but they're the below 50 feet of crap. I don't know. Um, so with all that being said, they're dead franchise. They suck. If we don't sweep this series, then uh, we got bigger problems. I hope the offense. This is a pretty good series to just have the offense come alive. And so I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, that's why I'm not as worried about the offense because, you know, not going to be facing the second best team in the league for the entire season. And this could be another little springboard similar to, uh, an Orioles series of sorts to get the offense mojo back. God, we're minus yeah. three Oh four tonight. That's ridiculous. Yep. Um, it's good. Cause it's, you're, you're playing a low end team. Like compared to playing the Orioles, the stakes are a little bit lower cause it's not a division game. You know, we just went through a grueling schedule, but there's one of two things can happen. It can be get the offense back on track because you're playing the A's, or it can be finally we're not playing one of the, a top team in the MLB, sure. let the foot off the gas, and then all of a sudden we're looking at dropping two out of three to the A's, I mean, going back to play Houston, a, and it's like, oh, shit. You know, our episode on Thursday. to drop one, too, because you got Sears making his second ever start against Montas. So, mm. yeah. I'm not going to – I'll be honest. I did not take this bet, but I'm sure that some MLB betters that have no vested interest in the Yankees are probably taking the A's, if not tonight, then in one of the other games, given how much the, the line is. So I would. And given Seems like a trap. But we have another light. tough stretch after this, so you can't really afford to take these three games off. I mean, then we go to Houston, to For Cleveland – and then Houston's only one game though, right? Houston, yeah, but yeah. you're still going to Houston, then going back to Cleveland, who they're no slouches. They've been pretty good. They're last I saw they were tied for first. I think they got swept by uh the Red Sox, but still. They're up and going, down with Minnesota. Yeah, then we're going to Pittsburgh for two, which easy <laughs> should be easy, but but then you're going sucks. Then you're going to Boston for four. Which we so, haven't talked about Boston this episode yet. It's kind of wild. They're in second place now. They've been just winning a ton of games. They've been quietly climbing the ranks. Because I mean, like it's it's quiet because they were so bad for a portion of time, and they were tied with like the Orioles for the the, the bottom of the AL East, and now they're they've been climbing back. I mean, we've been. It's not a shock because we've been saying this, these graphics where it's like, oh, the Red Sox have won twenty three out of they've won twenty three and like two in the last whatever, and. The Yankees still gained two games on them in the rankings. Like we've been saying that for a while, and I guess it's no secret that they've been playing well. We've been playing just a hair better, but and Dude, we I mean, also didn't have a, a hole to dig out of. They've dug out of that hole successfully, which is good. And we know that their offense is great. We know that their pitching usually isn't great and probably won't be great. Yeah. Um. So I guess good for them. That's gonna be it's fun. Their, it's, it's gonna be fun offense, watching dude. that uh that dog fight for. The rest of the teams in the AL East that make the the playoffs, hopefully. I hope that we maintain our lead and are able to watch them kick the shit out of each other. Like we assumed every team in the AL East was going to have to go through. Is it just everybody's going to beat up on each other and then that's going to be that? But We have to win we'll the see. East. With the way the playoffs are set up and with the teams behind us, we, you have to win the East. And I know we're off to an awesome start and we're probably a massive favorite, but collapses happen. I I don't think that anybody here should be writing it off yet. Like, oh, yeah, we won the East. Now let's look ahead to October. That's my, you know, I've seen a lot of that. There's a difference between being optimistic and then just, you know, just be like, okay, so we took care of the East. And no, no, no. We should all be 
Take every game like it's a playoff game because if you lose the East, you are fighting a very uphill battle to get in. And Toronto has likely four All-Stars in their lineup plus two All-Star caliber pitchers in Manoa and Gosman. So, I mean, Kirk, likely an All-Star. Exactly. And then, you know, Guerrero, I believe it was Bichette, and then Springer is in the mix in the outfield. So, like, that's that's a team that has four All-Stars on it this year. Manoa, who's in the contention for a Cy Young, and Gosman, who is also up there. So well, they're a very good team. Dude, look at, they also look just at, signed Romo. Not that that matters. So. <laughs> <laughs> look at look at the Red Sox, too. You got Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez, and they're all, all batting. We know what these teams are. I know, but they're they're all they're like 2, 3, and 4 in batting average in the AL right it. now. We knew this story. Yes, but like I know, but it's fucking insane that those three guys are in the top. Of like every hitting category that's out there right now. Yeah, we know. Okay, maybe that means people don't. I mean, if they didn't the Yankees know. don't have three people on the top of every category. The fact that a team has that many players though and is in third place in the division. Yeah, it is crazy. In Toronto, it's crazy, and then the Rays are no slouch either. They don't have Matt Carpenter. That's why. It's true. Yeah, I guess that is. Don't have the mustaches. Although I would, I almost put the mustaches on the not list. Cortez, mm. Gallo. Gallo shaved. We should take a look at those. Licky's got his mustache, stats. though. He's on the hot. That's true. So Oof. does Marwin. No, Marwin shaved his, I think. Marwin shaved his, too, yeah. I don't know. Something gave, to up, gave up too early on that, I uh, think. Yeah. Definitely something we need to keep an eye on. Mustache right. tracker. Yeah. Uh, clearly, this episode is going south fast, so we're going to end <laughs> this it This says here. you. <laughs> uh, uh, go. List the, uh, goodbye. <laughs> we'll end it there. <laughs> oh my god, we're funny. I was in my brain. I was saying like, go check out like the Patreon for this exclusive talk about mustaches, but we don't have to. All right, I'm gonna go grab some grub and then I'll. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.